Today, we're going to show you some Monday Night Raw. Yeah! Cool! We want you to tell us what you think and be honest. Monday Night Raw has sucked. You don't even know what to... Look, that roster, that locker room back there, that is some of the most talented men and women that Monday Night Raw has ever seen. And you've got no idea what to do with it. Here's an example. You've got a tag team, an amazing tag team like the Revival, who should be competing for the Raw tag team titles. And you've got them in Lucha House Rule matches. Lu what I, What is a Lucha House Rule match? I don't even understand. Or, or how about we have more segments with urination in them, huh? Ha, 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 ha. So funny. So cutting edge. So... You want a realistic, down-to-earth show that's completely off the wall and swarming with magic robots. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. <sighs> you kids don't know what you want. That's why you're still kids, because you're stupid. Just tell me what's wrong What the freaking show. Every night I come out here and I do my absolute best. It's not... Like I said, I've been trying to motivate superstars. It is not my fault if they can't live up to the challenge. It's not your fault. It's those lousy writers. They make me madder than a um, yakking heat. Kicks everything off with McMahon promising a fresh start. More than just a fresh start, McMahon's also promised some new faces. Adding a new character is often a desperate attempt to boost low ratings. Now is the time. Welcome to the Wrestling House Show. My name is Chris. And my name is Joey. And welcome to episode 118 of the Wrestling House Show. This is the last episode for 2018, sort of. The last monthly episode, anyway. This is the December 2018 wrap-up show of our WWE-centric watching. And you can find all of the episodes from this past year, of course, on cnjradio.com, where you can go back and figure out what all of our matches of the weeks and months and everything were and you can kind of start to put together our favorite matches of the year because that's what we're going to be talking about on the next episode but on this episode let's just dive into what do you want to talk about first about december 2018 in wrestling yes on this preamble episode to our yearly awards now yes uh, i remember at the end of last month's show i gave you and I feel like an asshole now for doing this, but I, I gave you a homework assignment. Yeah. Because Raw had been so bad, and we got to that point where uh, it said, like, it was like one of the most boring Raws of all time, which was either like at the end of November or the I, beginning of December. I think it was the last one of November was yeah. just horrible. Like, everything was bad. Like, yeah. So I asked Chris if he wouldn't mind going back and, and watching top to bottom. I actually told him he could take out the most notorious segment and not have to watch it. But true to Chris, he uh, he doesn't do anything half-assed. Uh, so he went and watched the infamous Katie Vick episode. So Chris, do you have an, you, you told me that you, enough that you did watch the episode. I did watch the episode. I watched it like the day after you had given me this this assignment and i have to say i i didn't like it i didn't love it uh i have seen it before at this point i don't think i saw it live i think that was kind of in that gap of where 
I had heard about it and I had to go back and watch it because I wasn't watching weekly okay. uh, as much. And yeah, it's it's a bad episode. It's not fun. It's not fun to watch. The big story on that episode, besides the Katie Vick stuff, was like Christopher Nowitzki and Al Snow were having issues with each other, and that I lasted that. a few segments. Yeah. And it was there was there was an intergender match in that show with like men fighting women legally in the ring, okay. which is something I completely forgot about. Yeah, yeah, we used um, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I not, was, not us. We 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 didn't right. used to do that. <laughs> I will say that it's hard to compare. But the raw from the end of November 2018 was just boring. It was I just don't didn't want to watch it because I would rather do anything else. The raw with the Katie Vick segment was boring. Plus, it had the appalling Katie Vick segment that, yeah, it's as bad as people say it is. It, I almost stopped watching. Yeah. Like, that was one of the only times I could think of. Yeah. And definitely on a negative level. Yeah. <laughs> I've right. had some positive moments where I'm like, well, it's not going to get any better from right. here. Right. But that was where I just... Yeah. Just damn near... I don't know what compelled me, but I, I mean, just have it. I right. still wound up watching yeah. the next week. It's, it's one of those things. We've done yeah. it for so long. You just... Yeah. Well, it's bound to get better at some point. <laughs> right. And that's kind of how I felt in 2018, gearing up towards the end of the year. So Katie Vick Ross, still not as bad as this uh, this end of this regime, I guess we're calling it now. I would, well... Or not? I would say that the Katie Vick is probably still notorious. I think it's still going to be the, probably the bottom of the barrel okay. for Raw, just because of how unfunny... And of course, poor taste, but yeah. it's not even funny. Yeah. It's just stupid yeah. and gross and dumb. And I think that kind of trumps just boring, which is what this past oh, Raw was. Fair enough. Yeah, bad taste. Bad taste can go real bad. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like it's not like an early Peter Jackson movie where even I don't like some of those things. Right. You know, I like Dead Alive, but I don't yeah. like Meet the Feebles. Yeah, you know, and but I, that, that's I like, that's for last yeah, theater. I don't like Meet the Feebles either yeah. that much. And I love terrible movies, and yeah. I love movies that are in poor taste. <laughs> but I don't necessarily want to see that on my wrestling yeah. show, and I don't the jokes were just dumb yeah the the backstage behind the scenes stories about the segment are, are way more infinitely entertaining oh, yeah. than the actual segment itself i yeah. think it was pritchard that said that they there was an actual service going on in the next room because they actually did shoot it at a real funeral home wow. talk about an, an extra layer yeah. of bad taste yeah, yeah. okay so this this pretty much uh, is a interesting tie-in more so than i thought it actually could be because we went bottom of the barrel on raw and that's the reason why this whole bit happened right and then you know let's just kind of keep in the raw thing fast forwarding to you know a few weeks even afterwards mm -hmm. and i guess there was enough complaining the ratings were going down enough that's what to... it was the ratings not so much the complaining because <laughs> we know how wwe <laughs> responds to complaining they yeah. just ignore it so, so what happens was it appears that the writers just went on the internet and copied um, a handful of comments yeah. that got the most likes on a WWE post yeah. and then just printed that out on a script, handed it to Seth Rollins right. and said, read this. Yeah. That's exactly what it sounded like. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I can only see in Seth Rollins character that he only really would have said half of that in real yeah. life. Yeah. But he went for interesting deep cuts as well. So yeah. 
I was just like, oh, that's cool. You know, I mean, yeah. finally they at least gave a voice to the voiceless. Yeah. Once again. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, it was deep cuts. Like he was talking, he mentioned the revival and he was talking about the, the Lucha House Rules matches and yeah. things like that, which, like, I thought they were dumb, but, you know, I like seeing Lucha House Party. Yeah. Uh, but it, it does lead to a bigger thing that I want to talk about a little bit later, how the yeah. Raw side treats their cruiserweights. Yeah, and I don't think it was a thing like, you know, uh, us fans that were complaining about the Lucha House Rules thing, and even Seth Rollins alike, I don't think it means that he's not a fan of those no. guys. yeah, of course. It's just that those guys and the Revival, and they all deserve better is the, yeah. is the main idea here. I just think it's kind of funny that Raw was getting progressively worse and i'm a kind of i wouldn't say an apologist but i'm a defender of a lot of what rod and wwe in general does sometimes in that i know i complain a lot on this show but this is kind of it's just getting it out yeah (laughs) and it's kind of talking about the bad parts and the good parts but i do try to find the good things in the show especially like when i'm doing my reviews i'll like, well, this was not so good, or this was dumb, but the rest of this, this is what I enjoyed from this show tonight. But it was getting to the point to where I couldn't do that. You could not accentuate the positive. As it was getting more and more difficult because it was getting less and less mm-hmm. leading up to that final Raw of November. The thing I think is funny is that WWE finally realized this because the ratings were continually dropping and they decided to turn it into a storyline and they decided to pin all of that on a character which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and it doesn't really help anything if they hadn't done what they did later and hopefully will continue to do then pinning all of this on baron corbin as much as we don't necessarily like baron corbin which it's fine if he takes the brunt of it for the storyline purposes yeah because he was in every segment of all those bad episodes he was a symbol of it yes but he wasn't the cause of it and to pin it all on one guy (laughs) and to try to get people to say yeah it was his fault that raw stunk it's like no it was the people behind the scenes that were doing it the people writing it (laughs) i know we can't put like the actual dialogue in front of the person like the internet right. does yeah, right. like baron it just says the writers on his chest the whole yeah, time exactly. so we can't do that so that's why they did it though. yes i just think it's weird and so that we are to think that if seth rollins defeats baron corbin then that makes everything better and it doesn't and even um jimmy jacobs was defending even the writers oh yeah yeah which he doesn't have any reason to no but he comes from that standpoint goes dude i totally understand how hard that job is to come up with entertaining television on a weekly basis. Think about how many X amount of hours they have to do on a weekly basis. And especially on a week where there's pay-per-view or two. Yeah. And he goes, dude, it's really hard to put together a three hour wrestling show, much less everything else that happens during the week. And even the Jacksons, uh, Matt and Nick chimed in saying, dude, the amount of work we put into being the elite and it's a 15 minute show max per week i mean that's a lot of work it is. so they were actually defending the wwe writers because they just probably got burnt out and that's what they were kind of yeah, coming maybe. from to defend them to that point and i get that yeah at the same time <laughs> when you're doing these same segments over and over again where you're having pee jokes and you're bullying this guy for peeing and you're yeah. peeing on a rope i'm sorry i'm fixating on that no, i know just but then he me. winds up owning it for some weird yeah. reason it's dumb okay yeah. and but it's it's not just they're burned out and they don't know what to do because that would just be, Oh, we'll just see like the same match again, but it'll be a little bit different. And we do see that, but we also see other things just getting worse and worse and the segments getting dumber and dumber. 
and maybe that's burnout maybe they need more writers maybe they need like a pool of writers that they they bring in and out i didn't need less writers i mean here's the thing like there wasn't a writing staff and i'm gonna have to say back in the day yeah there was not a writing staff yeah there were they basically had like a sheet for each person yeah this person's in this program with this person um they're still talking about this go out there and try to make it compelling it was up to the talent to really be their own writers and that's why i'm definitely like a lot of people against scripted promos yeah and i think that wwe is big enough to where it wouldn't be the worst idea to try less writers for a while and you know i mean it's it's okay to have bullet people for sure that's what backstage producers should be for you know unless you have a certain like there's hands-on producers there's creative producers They used to do this exactly the same way back in the day, and they were totally fine. Yeah. I don't think that by maybe changing it, that might seem like a big drastic change for WWE yeah. at this point, considering that they have some competition on the horizon. However, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. It actually might help them, especially with the fans in the long run. I just don't see as controlling as WWE is of the product that they put out. I don't see them handing over control like that to the talent and it'd make it more attractive down the road it it could um it could also lead to big segments that flop you know well, so but that 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 still happens to this day yeah but i'm just saying that i think that's how vince and the people surrounding him look at it sure. and they don't want that to happen they yeah. think they know better i'm not saying no writers i'm just saying yeah. stuff that deserve you know Obviously, you know, let's go over to positive aspects of writing. NXT with the yeah. Gargano Champa stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have to think a long time yeah. and think about how this is going to pan out. Yeah. That's a great example of writing gone well. Yeah. I, I just think that, and there's stuff that's on the lower level of the card, I think that maybe they should just, you know, kind of let, not run wild, but, well, yeah. you know, just... And if it catches on, okay, then maybe it'll start to garner the actual attention yeah. that maybe they deserve, and they'll get their stories, and they'll get their writing done properly. But not everything has to be so calculated, I think. I agree, and I think I do think you're on to something. I was oh. playing a little bit of devil's advocate. I, I, know, there, I, know, I know, I know. But I agree. I think, because you look at NXT as an example, and no, they don't have as much weekly stuff as raw or smackdown yeah. or whatever because they only have to come up with uh, writing every month but it will be for four but it, shows yeah <laughs> but it's stretched out over so it's i mean content wise sure. time wise it's 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 comparable but it's still not as much as raw or smackdown but you look at it and so the main event story with champa gargano and Alistair, Alistair black like you have a very pretty deep story that is grown and grown over time but then you look at other things like heavy machinery They've been doing well, and what's their story? They've been doing well. They've been doing well. <laughs> they like stakes and weights, and yeah. they beat people up. Yeah, that's they, all you need. I think they literally ran the same promo, yeah. like like two weeks in a row. Yeah, and most people probably didn't even notice, right. but it was basically the same thing. And simple things. And it's fine, and that that worked worked back in the day yeah. too. Simple things like the Mighty versus the Street Profits. Yeah, they stole his stuff. He wants his stuff back. Yeah, that <laughs> lasted for like a couple months. Yeah, and it was good. Yeah, because the matches were good. Yeah, so. If I think if Raw backed off of trying to write everything and make everything a story and let the matches tell parts of the story like NXT does, like NXT UK does, like SmackDown does a little bit more of, 
then it would be it would take a lot of the weight off of the writers so that they're not getting burned out and producing things like they produced leading up to this yeah. whole fresh start thing yeah they should have like tier they may even have tiers of writers as I'm far sure as like they do, yeah and like maybe you're you're in charge of this side of the card you're in charge yeah. of this side of the card and you're in charge of this side of the yeah. card and maybe if someone does well in that part they get to go up and i think the way to go is to have them rotate yeah, you know, have them rotate around. Unless you, yeah. you probably have like one leader and one supervisor, which yeah, I get. You have to yeah. do that. Yeah. But I, I'd say uh, promote good ideas. Yeah. And if someone's doing on the bottom of the card and doing well, and their segment gets over, you know, bump them up to the next one, the next quarter of the year. And, yeah. You know, I don't know. Anyway, we're trying to run a company here <laughs> on a on a wrestling wrap up show, but right. uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I so the McMahon showing up and taking quote unquote control of yeah. the company sure right. okay I, I i get that it's you know perception is reality so we're supposed to be like okay raw's gonna be great now yeah uh, we need to restore it back to the greatest that it was and this needs to resemble the show that ran away with survivor series <laughs> right <laughs> to prove it is the a show so yeah they're all back in unison including hunter by the way right he's a he's a mcmahon uh, you yeah. can't deny that yeah. Yeah. so yeah they, they do this whole thing to put on the face of hey you know we're gonna kind of start the new year yeah before christmas now. yeah it's early christmas comes early for raw yeah i gotta say i mean at least they made the obvious effort the show was vastly more entertaining yeah that episode yeah i say the next week pretty comparable i enjoyed the christmas eve show we're just gonna do the whole raw month here. <laughs> right. uh so you know, do you do you see them staying on the course here? I mean, they they can't really afford to have Raw go that bad many more times ever again, especially yeah. with the looming thing of SmackDown becoming a separate Fox entity, right? As separate as you're ever going to see yeah. in the history of the company now. Yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be fun. Raw has to be great, or it will fail massively in 2019. Okay. There's definitely the potential for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not cheering for Raw to die either. No, like I, I want Raw to succeed. Yeah. But, but I am excited about SmackDown actually potentially being the A show for the real yeah, first time ever. Yeah, I think the competition is good because it's not a competition right now because it's owned by the same people. So, yeah. but uh, as far as if they will stay the course, that's the that's the thing. Like WrestleMania season is coming up, and you could argue it's kind of already here a little bit. But after the Royal Rumble. That's when it goes into full swing, and that's when all the people that you don't see very often, they come to town, and they build stories. They build new stories within that two or so month period, and a lot of the people that don't necessarily get all the airtime get even less airtime in that span of time. So I don't know if what they're doing now is going to carry through that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I see exactly what you're so, start seeing people kind of fade out. Yeah. Like, it's like the Royal Rumble is like their last hurrah for the yeah, first quarter. Yeah, and they're going to get pushed out because, uh, I don't know, who, Triple H is going to wrestle a match, so he's going to have to push someone out. Yeah. And all these other they've people got, are going to They've gonna got Batista penciled in for yeah, Mania against he's going to push someone out. Yeah. And John Cena is coming back. He, well, he's already kind of back. Sure. As we're recording this, and he's going to be pushing some people out. And it's just the way it goes yeah. because they want WrestleMania to be this iconic almost timeless thing every yeah. year yeah we, we bitch about the length of wrestlemania every year yeah. but i think the one aspect of people that aren't bitching about the length are the actual talent yeah, right because the longer it goes yeah, on that's true the more people get a spot yeah. 
Which is another reason, once again, why I'm all for a battle royal every year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> it, it just needs it just needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, you need to justify your plane ticket <laughs> right. and your budget. <laughs> so I think when they did the fresh start initially, and they started announcing all these things, and we saw uh, Gallows and Anderson, Insanity, and the Revival, and all these tag teams we hadn't seen, and all these people that we hadn't seen on Raw. Zack Ryder finally got on Raw. Before the end of the year. I heard about that yeah. because he had tweeted that he hadn't been on the yeah. whole year. And then you also have these people that are coming up from NXT that they announced that same night, I think, that the whole yeah, McMahon family came. Yeah, yeah. It was like all those people, they're coming up. I'm not going to list them all because you've seen that video like a thousand times at this <laughs> yeah. point. And, but it almost feels like too much all at once. It's like, oh, this is bad. Let's do everything now and just throw it all out there. But at a certain point, there has to be some kind of equilibrium. And after the newness of all this stuff wears off, what matters is the writing. Yeah. And that was the problem initially. You can throw more and more people out there, and that's great for the short term. Long term means good, sustained writing and good, sustained storylines and or feuds. And that's where it's going to... You're going to have to ask me this question again like in at the beginning of next year <laughs> well maybe not even then but in the middle of the summer because that's usually okay. like the dip oh yeah yeah where which is stupid because they have they they should have almost like a ratings monopoly in the yeah. summer because it's not like baseball is competing with them yeah you know that's the only thing like they, they worry about football in the fall and the winter and i get yeah. that especially when you're running monday nights yeah and, you know, I don't even, like, football seems to be on Thursday through Monday, so they're yeah. always going to be competing with wrestling now at yeah. this point. So, baseball doesn't get the ratings. It's fine. You know, yeah. that's that's a whole, it's definitely, I feel like, a different kind of culture almost. Yeah. It's sports culture, but it's different. Yeah. So, they they should actually step more up in the summer because that's, that is probably their one time to get new fans once a year. Because I got news for you. It's not during Mania season. Yeah, you might get some people, but that yeah. I feel like there's people that watch WrestleMania because they watched it when they were kids and they don't watch it anymore. Right. I think you get a lot of that, but yeah. I don't think you get a lot of new fans, honestly. Uh, I think a few, this, but not a lot. Yeah, not not any that are going to really stick around. Yeah. So weekly episodic television in the summer is where you need to, like, you need to be shit hot. Yeah. And, and leading into SummerSlam, SummerSlam needs to matter again. I remember when it used to be the yeah. shit. It was the number two show, I think, yeah. really of the whole year. When it was when SummerSlam was new, it was definitely WrestleMania light. Right. Worst case scenario. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, then that's where that whole thing about the, the summer dip. It's they are so short sighted when it comes to that, and it yeah. seems like that's the thing too. And that's when they kind of experiment with other people and other stars and things like that, yeah. and it all just kind of plays together, you know. Yeah. Like a, Nola had like a kind of fantasy booked Bailey getting the call up prior to her getting the call up. Yeah. Said right at the beginning of the summer, and you might actually get some young girls watching yeah. because of Bailey. They didn't do that. Yeah. They totally. Fa and that's another reason why they failed Bailey on her call up. Yeah. Is that they just didn't market her properly during the summer season. Yeah. It would have been perfect. Yeah. And they just screwed the pooch. And I think the like the Raw and SmackDowns after WrestleMania are perfect examples of what I was mentioning because those shows always have new things new people coming to the shows that night it's like the, a lot of them it's the true new season every year yeah. yeah but you also have that summer dip because they the writing isn't there to sustain the excitement of that initial pop you know yeah. and that's that's the thing and honestly i think one of the biggest crutches on all of that revolves around brock lesnar yeah well, of course yeah. there's so much hindrance 
uh, with the Lesnar factor. Yeah. And I'm not even anti-Brock. We've talked about this before. I, I, have, I don't mind Brock Lesnar, and mm-hmm. I think he is good for what he does and what he is and the draw that he is. Yeah. Um, as far as him holding the title hostage, yeah. it's not good. It's not. Yeah, I mean, even as a fan of the Intercontinental title, yeah, you're right. <laughs> the fact that it's it's the singles title on Raw right now, I yeah. think it's awesome. But I'll I even know that that's not right. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like like so I'm getting kind of what I want, but yeah, I'm not getting what I want. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, but anyway. But I, I even see I, I, the U.S. title uh, being held in even more prominence in the coming year. You watch, if I know Fox, and I've heard some rumblings about this, the U.S. title is going to matter more than ever. There's going to be they're going to go old school. They're going to do rankings. That's cool. you, you watch, they will yeah. be rankings. Those titles will matter, and they'll get you better title matches yeah. and better title shots. Uh, and so it's all going to be there. So SmackDown will be completely different than raw yeah. you, just, you watch and, and I, it already is in a way yeah but it will be it'll definitely be more combat hybrid oriented right and they'll actually have a ranking system and a whole thing and then they may even get judges down the road i'm not <laughs> even kidding about that that could be interesting yeah. no yeah. so they already have enough people sit at ringside half the time anyway right i think they're going to take it to that next level that could be yeah that so could be a thing it's a little predictions you heard it here first though <laughs> and i do think that I'm sure WWE is thinking about it because we recently watched the uh, All Elite Wrestling press conference and they were talking about how match- wins and losses matter and that's going to determine like where people are positioned. They didn't necessarily say rankings, but that's kind of what you were talking about. And for WWE to ignore that would be kind of a risk. But if they were to have Raw like Raw is, where it's wacky pro wrestling and they have SmackDown more like sports-oriented, where wins and losses matter, and it puts you it puts you where you need to be within the hierarchy of the card, then I think that is something they're definitely thinking about as a challenge to all elite. I think that they should go to the two extremes of thought for the two shows. Yeah, I think, and then time will tell in the end. Yeah, I, I really like yeah. the idea of them doing that. You know, it, Rob might even start to resemble more Attitude Era that people seem to want to clamor for. Yeah, right. And so I think that would be really interesting. It would be, kind of, it would be cool. I, I wonder if they have the, if they're willing to take that risk. Yeah. I would love to see it though. Yeah. See, and that's where you could still have a lot of. I say that, but actually, there could be some good positivity for Raw that might come out of that. Yeah. People that are a little more cartoony, but in a good way, right? Could actually do really well. Yeah. You know, somebody who definitely would be an all elite if you know. <laughs> if he wasn't getting released as a guy like Zack Ryder. Yeah. But you turn Zack Ryder back to the full nines again, he could be a big player on Raw. I truly yeah. still believe that. I do, yeah. And it makes sense on that show. Right. So, I mean, they just got to, you know. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm doing the thing with the <laughs> with my hand. It's great radio. Uh, but you brought the wins and losses thing. Yeah. This, I think this might be a good thing to talk about here. Okay. Uh, this whole fallout with the McMahons giving, quote, new opportunity. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, Leo Rush has already been on Raw. Yeah. But he's never wrestled on Raw until December. Yeah. And the exact same week, Mustafa Ali gets the surprise call-up. Yeah. I don't know how last minute this was, but they literally announced it the night of to yeah. promote. Yeah. And I think this might have just been one of those pull-the-trigger things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just great to see because, I mean, Leo and Mustafa, in a sense... Mm-hmm. 
You know how big of a fan I am of both guys. Right. I've even said Mustafa Ali will be the first guy out of 205 to cross over and win a world title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been saying that since I started covering the, that show. Yep. Uh, we talked a lot off air about this. So that one week, Leo Rush finally got to wrestle on Raw. Mm-hmm. And Mustafa Ali got to wrestle for SmackDown. You see what you called the uh, the two uh, extreme thought processes concerning how they treat that kind of talent. Exactly. And by yeah. that kind of talent, I mean cruiserweights. Right. Yeah. So take it away, Chris. <laughs> well, yeah, it's what I was mentioning earlier about how they... That made it more clear than ever how differently the mindset is on the two shows. Because Raw is still the land of the giants, like it or not. Elias isn't a giant, but he's a lot bigger than Leo Rush, and that's who Leo Rush yeah. was wrestling. And they night. constantly paint Leo as a clown, as a 12-year-old kid. A child and a yeah. clown, yeah. yeah. And he, I mean, he just got beat up, pretty much. Like, he Lashley, I think, got involved at some point to help him out. Yes. And that's the only reason Rush got, like, any offense in that match. Yeah. As good as Leo Rush is, and as good as we've even seen him on Raw when he's doing the, the jumps and flips and getting out of people's hands once they catch him he's dead yeah and it's i don't know it's kind of insulting i think very insulting. um it's insulting to me as a fan sure. because i know that these guys can wrestle have a great match but they don't allow them to do that yeah you look at smackdown and mustafa ali comes out and interrupts the wwe champion the top guy on that show yeah with and, his suv and his, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> and, his, <laughs> and they have this match that's really good and this match brian did win the match yeah that's what i was going to talk about leo rush won his match yeah so technically his debut match on raw he won yeah mustafa ali's debut match on smackdown he lost right but it's more but you can't just look at that because that doesn't tell the whole story exactly so in this case, wins and losses do not matter. Right, yeah. You know who else lost on a SmackDown debut? Jesus. John Cena. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, this has been going on a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. and as, as, as great as those moments are, we will look back on the Mustafa Daniel thing and say, that's a great moment. Yeah. That, you know, he was made right then. Even though this guy actually technically wrestled at WrestleMania, even though it was on the pre-show. Yeah. He literally made his bones on this one match. Yeah. And then, of course, they rolled over to the next week. Yeah. Mustafa actually pins Daniel Bryan during the tag match. Yep. Huge. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. So he actually did win the second week, lost the first week. The mm-hmm. loss will be seen almost just as important as the win. Well, yeah. So there you go. Well, because... the losses do not matter in WWE. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's good <laughs> to lose in your first match because if you win right away... And you win, like, in a one-on-one match with no shenanigans. Then where do you go, you know? Mustafa Ali is the underdog. He's the perennial underdog. He was the underdog on 205 Live in almost every single match he had. Yeah. And, of course, he's going to be the underdog against the champ on SmackDown. Interestingly, the champ, Daniel Bryan, and even AJ Styles before him, aren't that much bigger than Mustafa Ali or any of the other cruiserweights, except for maybe, like, Leo Rush, because he's... Smaller than almost anyone. And Daniel's still, isn't he like 205 or under? Or maybe he's, he's around, around 215 at the be, most. He may be a little bit bigger, but yeah. he's not. He's Yeah, he's right around there. Yeah. And, I mean, Mustafa Ali was competitive. Daniel Bryan didn't ever really look like he was going to lose that singles match. Sure. But Mustafa Ali hung in there, and they allowed him to look good against the champ. 
And of course, like you said, he pinned him in a tag match the next week. Whereas Leo Rush just got destroyed mm -hmm. and had to win through Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so. that's that's what it is. Drake Maverick. He's the head of the cruiserweights. Who can he, wrestle? He leads the cruiserweights. Who can wrestle? <laughs> yes. He hangs out with Braun Strowman and EC3 on in his. I, I just like those yeah. the, his uh, Twitter and stuff. Oh yeah, because him and EC3 go way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a joke. Yeah. Why did they bring him up if he's just going to be this joke? I love. I I think Drake Maverick is great. I really yeah. enjoy his personality. Yeah. I want to see him wrestle. Um, he did wrestle actually in December. He actually survived the the GM purge of 2018. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. He's <laughs> That's smart, how good he is. He's, he's like Teflon. <laughs> yeah. But why did they bring him up if he's just going to be a joke? And the authors of Pain or AOP now, I guess, is what we have to call them. Yeah. They won the titles, but now they don't have them, and it doesn't look like they're going to be getting back to him anytime soon. So what was the I don't know. It just it kind of rubs me the wrong way, and it, that the, it just aggravates me that Raw does that to yeah. these guys that are really really good. And I know they're getting airtime, and I know they're probably okay with their lot because yeah. of they're on Raw, and that's a super great thing. Yeah. But at the same time, as a fan, I want to see those guys succeed yeah. at what they do. Exactly. And the glasses have full scenario. I'm actually looking forward to Drake Maverick being kind of like the new Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, Jimmy Hart got beat up and bullied a lot because yeah. he was a pipsqueak, uh, their words, yeah. and probably mine at the time. Right. But it, it's different. You know, I, I guess it's one of those things just because it, the WWE universe is kind of truly a bubble a lot of times. Yeah. No one, I would say no one knows, but you know. In that universe, they don't know that Drake Maverick is a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, I guess we can't look at it that way either. I guess. I mean, it's, I guess it's not old, completely fair to look at it that way, is yeah. what I'm saying. But, you know, I, I think that he's going to be a long-time manager down the road. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, this is, this will be seen as just a stupid thing that they did. Yeah. I actually see that he could recover from this. I think he's I think so probably, too, yeah. he's got to be well-liked enough, and he's a great personality. Yeah. And... You know, at the same time, he's not going to rock the boat, obviously, because I'm yeah. like, I am not pissing myself yeah, in front of a crowd. I would have completely vetoed that, and then if I'd have lost my job, I'd have given every interview in the world saying, I am, I appreciate the opportunity they gave me. Mm -hmm. They asked me to do this. I said no. Yeah. And because I have principles. Right. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. But uh, obviously, he'll be like, oh, yeah. So that'll, yeah. that'll get you somewhere. That's why Heath Slater still has a job. And yeah, I love right. Heath Slater, but yeah, I, yeah. I said for years, he's obviously the guy in the back going, me, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, I mean, if they're giving Maverick and Rush these opportunities to be on Raw every single week, then obviously they see something in them. Yeah. So, you know, if they stick around, they're, they're going to start getting better things. That, for the most part, Leo Rush has been given a great spot, I think. He's great as the hype man for Bobby Lashley. Yeah. He made me want to watch Bobby Lashley matches because I want to see Leo Rush yeah. and I like the silent destroyer Bobby Lashley. I think yeah. he's fine and he goes up well against all these different yeah. guys they put him up against. Yeah. It took him over a decade to realize that Bobby Lashley cannot talk. Right. <laughs> and they even tried to do it again when yeah. they brought him back. I'm like, yeah. what's wrong with you? I mean Leo should have been there from day one with him. Yeah. Uh so you know we talk about Drake Maverick, let's talk some two oh five. Like just overall in December, um you know, I mean it's been the consistent show of the entire year. Yeah. We we've I think at times I've liked it more than NXT throughout uh, the course of the year. It's just the most consistent Consistently, show. yeah, because yeah. there's there's the occasional shows on NXT where it's clear that it's building up characters and you've got the squash matches to, to expose 
new characters to the audience and things like that and 205 live doesn't really do that so much there's usually that middle match that second match out of three that's usually the squash match yeah um, but there's definitely a formula at yeah. this point They've, they're never going to have the opener and closers yeah. squash match. but the openers and closers are almost always really good yeah yeah and even like they try to at least go compelling i think like yeah. okay like you know leo had a squash match you know, at the end of December. Yeah. But that was kind of just to get a shine back. He had returned, and the yeah. last time he was on 205, he lost to Cedric yeah. Alexander in an amazing match. Right. Uh, I think it's different than what they did with Arya Dabari, where Dabari's been gone for so long, yeah. and he's been hurt for so long, like, all of a sudden, he's a killer now. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. I, I think I think he's a, a hell of a wrestler. So, you know, he won a match by referee stoppage. Yeah. He was and, doing the Hideo Itami thing because he's kind yeah. of idolizing Itami yeah. in his comeback. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by this. It's I, cool, yeah. I, I realize that this may just be one of those, hey, let's just throw them together. And they yeah. probably really didn't think about it too much, right. but I see these two guys actually excelling yeah. at what they're being given here. Yeah. So I liked that part about it. That was really the only new factor involved in these cast of characters. So Davari, you know, showing up and kind of, you know, put a nice extra shine on things. because. Right. You know, it's it's hard to really just go into that much detail. You know, Lucha House Party is always going to be fun. Yeah. Um, you know, you put the any kind of combination of Cedric Alexander, Buddy Murphy, and anything yeah. Tony Nice yeah. having a great last quarter of the yeah. year. I mean, it's just you can't miss on this show. I think uh, not much to talk about, but I just like to keep reiterating to anybody who might be listening out there <laughs> that's not watching yeah. the Great Two Hundred Five Live. What are you doing? Um, I think for me, like the biggest stories in December for 205 Live for me, uh, Cedric Alexander finally got his title match. He, yeah. Drake Maverick finally said, okay, you're ready. You can have your rematch now, even though now the McMahons are getting rid of automatic rematches, which I'll yeah. talk about that in a second because I don't like it. But I think that might be something, I think maybe they were almost even using 205 as an experiment yeah. to see how that would play out with any kind of fan yeah. base. So maybe that is something they might be considering in the future is to do hey. it like the way they did here. I, I Cedric came it, off a series of great matches. Yeah, it opens it up to stories like what Cedric had to go through to get his title match again. But yeah. I do like the idea of an automatic title rematch as even if it's not right away. Yeah. And maybe they can't just claim it whenever they want to, like a lot of wrestlers do. Exactly. Maybe it'll be like Alexander where okay, I tell you when you get your Sure. And it could you know, honestly, I'm I'm okay with it being like, okay, it could be three months from now. Yeah. Three, four months, wait for a yeah. shit hot pay per view and then we'll get you back into that luster that right. you, know, you deserve. Yeah. So why not? If you lose a title in December, maybe you're up for it by mania time. Yeah. That's better for your character. Yeah. Why not? I just think it's a good character builder for for one, for the new champ to beat the old champ twice. That's yeah. a it good way to it does establish, establish dominance. The dominance. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good it just makes sense to me. Yeah. But anyway. The Cedric Alexander story of December, I think, was really good. He fell short in mm. reclaiming his title at the TLC kickoff show, but it was one of the most compelling things to me. I didn't think he was going to win it. I figured mm. that Buddy Murphy was going to continue his juggernaut run into mm. the next year, which he did, which I'm okay with. Um, the other story for me was the Brian Kendrick. I was, and, gonna, I was just going to say that, yeah. yeah. I mean... Uh, he went from, you know, 2017 through 2018, uh, pouty, dark Brian Kendrick. Yeah. And so 
they do that whole thing where they talk about how terrible Brian Kendrick is and how he, you know, he brought down the Gulak Gallagher team and, yeah. you know, they, they jumped him out. They beat him up and they told him he was no good. Mm-hmm. And he started to maybe even think, well, maybe I am no good. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm so low at this point that I have, I'm for, I'm forced to team up with a guy that I just completely just told yeah. him he was garbage last year. Yeah. <laughs> My and former they, friend, Akira Tozawa. Yeah. And they had that great street fight to blow off that feud or to end that feud. Yeah. Um, that was one of the first really great matches. Not, maybe not the first, but it was one of those that really stood out to me as like 205 Live is probably maybe the best show of building and paying off feuds on the show itself and not waiting for some other big show to do it yeah and that was back in 2017 i think so yeah Yeah. Yeah. so great great blow off to that feud so yeah it's like they they're able to revisit these things to where they kind of make sense and they'd been apart for so long tozawa and kendrick that it was the enemy of my enemy yeah kind of thing and so it felt so weird for them to come together, but then you could see Tozawa was the one to like reach out. Talked about it before, where yeah. Tozawa got Kendrick to like do his yell at the end of a match, and Kendrick actually smiled at one point. Yeah, and you could see it growing week by week. And again, it's not this hugely written story. You could just you let the guys go out there and do it, and that built throughout the matches themselves, and not in any background uh, backstage segments. You know. It's just really nice for me, and this is real nerdy stuff, but just to see uh, at least one of Shawn Michaels' former famous students actually get his smile back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because Daniel, sure, his isn't coming back for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. and and then when he came out for that street fight or whatever it was, whatever notice qualification, tornado tornado, street fight, and he'd shaved the beard and he even got his old hairstyle back. Yeah. And he's wearing the old spanky pants. And the white jacket. And, but also Brian the white jacket. jacket. So yeah. it's a little bit of everything that he's done in the past. Yeah. The only thing that was missing was his Lundrick mask. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, but that would have that would have been something else. And that yeah. could have a little extra personality yeah. too. Why not? I think that would have been really neat. Yeah. So that's my only real nitpick of it. But just to kind of see the... So we have the new Daniel Bryan who's not fun. Right. But now we got the old Bryan Kendrick right. who is super fun. Yeah. So I'll take it. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> and you could, because when he came out, because the previous week, Kendrick was talking about, like, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, like, I'm at a, at a point where I don't know where to go. And Tozawa was like, I got an idea. And so the next week when they show up together, he brings him out and it's it's Spanky again, yeah. you know, sort of like the hybrid yeah. of Spanky and the Brian Kendrick. Yeah. Racing down to the, yeah. you know, down the And you could look at the look on Kendrick's face when he came out. I was like, well okay yeah. like, this is it looking 20 years younger yeah all over it was again. amazing yeah. like i had grown accustomed to the facial hair and the goatee and everything yeah. and then to see him like that i was like whoa yeah. even though i kind of suspected that was gonna happen sure i it was still really cool to see and then that match i thought was really great yeah it really inventive the the like office chair yeah. spot on the side of the ring and <laughs> Just those guys are all great together. They, yeah. they were facing Gulak and, uh, and Gallagher, and that, and that really helped Tozawa too. That's one of those yeah. things where when you put somebody together like that, everybody needs to come out a winner. Yeah. And I realized that even though Gulak and Gallagher lost, I think they're still going to be okay in the end. Yeah. But that really upped Tozawa's stock right. in the end. It yeah. brought him up too by bringing this other guy up and made him look better. Right. So he's already like woo all over again, and yeah. I love that. And because Tozawa had been kind of just kind of. Wandering, floundering, he was, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. He would get wins and stuff here, and people liked him. But after yeah. after losing the cruiserweight title, which he didn't hold for very long, yeah. he hadn't really done much importance, I guess, yeah. on to on the show. Um, he he was always entertaining, but there was no there was no story for him. Yeah. And there was no kind of end goal to it. And this is really kind of helped to bring him back to the forefront, I think. Yeah. And I love the full circle thing about this being a street fight when we were just talking about that street fight that Kendrick and Tozawa had against each other. Yeah. Now they're teaming with each other and it's helping them both move forward. Yeah. I hope somebody thought, yeah, let's let's have them do a street fight. That would be great. And see if anybody... Hopefully that thought went into it and it wasn't just a lucky accident. But <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I like it. There's probably people like us that like make it sound way more smart than it really was right. in the first place. Yeah. So that is do this. Yeah. <laughs> just poochie or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, so uh, I'm going to get into a lot of NXT talk now, and on uh, both uh, sides of the pond, because <laughs> that's what we do now. Right. I saw uh, something interesting uh, that Hunter talked about, and this was actually during the opening of the UK Performance Center. I know this is coming into present day, mm. but I think this leads into some of the stuff we're going to talk about here with both NXTs is... I'm going to ask you first if you believe what Hunter is saying here, or, or is it just lip service? This is interesting because with something like this, especially NXT UK, you got people that might come in, come out, go back. They go to America. Maybe they do this for a little bit. They come back over here and they do this for a little bit. And then maybe for some of these other performance centers that we open up all over the world, like you might just see people, and he almost basically said journeymen. You might actually see some journeymen, journeywomen, sure. what have you. Sure. Some of these people are going to do well wherever they go. Right. Some of these people may go around to different places to find their home. Do you think that's one of the reasons why they're doing it? You know, besides the obvious answer, which is, you know, power gripping wrestling throughout yeah. the entire country yeah. and, and, and world. And it's a universe. Sure. But I always give Hunter the benefit of a doubt. And we've even talked about that. I think that his intentions are kind of true when it comes to Let's find these kids a home, whether yeah. it's overseas or in America or in NXT. And he even said some people could actually start NXT is enough of a thing to where people could actually go back. Yeah. Which you which we're going to talk about later on here and do well. And it's not a demotion. Yeah. So do you think that whole like grounds for what he's laying here at the door? It's great for NXT overall. Yeah. Now you got the two brands. Yeah. And obviously, I guess any of the rest of the expansion will be called NXT something. Sure. <laughs> NXT Australia. Right. I'm calling it as the next one. Oh. I mean, God, I mean, they're just giving themselves a lot of work. It's like it's like CNJ Radio. We have six podcasts, <laughs> and they're going to handle like six uh, brands here. Yeah. I'm, I'm out of my mind, so I don't know how they're doing. They're going to have they to gotta... start hiring different people. Because who's heading up the UK training center, do you know? I am. If I had to guess, I'd Robbie say Brookside. Brookside. Yeah. I'd have to put Brookside on. I'm sure Regal is like one of like the head consultants. Yeah. Like he's probably on like a committee with him and Saint and you know a few other but people. But that's still like splitting their their training staff among it. So I mean, I'm, a, I'm assuming Vince is like, well, you know, just do what you've been doing. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I don't. Vince said he watched UK Takeover, but you know, right. like, he actually had to go online and convince people that he did. That's that's the part that <laughs> right. makes me laugh. But yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's gonna. There, there are some people, and uh, one guy I definitely want to talk about when it comes to um, both NXTs, uh, especially UK, is Fabian Eichner. Yeah, and that's an interesting guy because we we touched on that a little bit last month. Is that here's a guy who I guess he is still the evolved 
world champion from I, what I can remember. I guess so. He might have dropped it by now, but have, yeah. but this is a guy that they couldn't find a place exactly at that time for him in NXT. Yeah. Obviously, they like him. He's got a good look, good hybrid wrestler, yeah. big guy who can move. Yeah. So it looks like at least he was at a series of tapings yeah. for NXT UK, yeah. and he actually did pretty well. Got some good crowd reaction. They may even have a tag team for him. Yeah. You know, um, you know, this is a guy that they couldn't figure him out quite in regular NXT. So now he's over here, even though he's like he's like an Italian American or something like that. But yeah. Yeah, I know this is a broad-based question to give you, Chris, but do you think that we'll just see people kind of come in and out, even without giving them massive stories? They're going to basically be almost kind of be mechanics to make people look good. Do you see, I mean, I see like that's one of the guys they see as a, like an Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Sure. Those kind of guys, I don't see them like giving them a whole lot of titles in the end. Those guys are going to give people really good matches. Yeah, and that's what... Lorgan and Birch have been doing since they've been doing stuff separate and together. Yeah, sorry, um, I, I laid a massive table for you, Chris. But, yeah, that was a lot. But uh, what what do you think? Do you think that that he's right, or do you think he's just giving lip service to, you know, get people to entice to come down to the training camps? <laughs> I I mean I think he's right. Like you said, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think that Eichner is necessarily one of those guys that's going to be moving around. I think he's UK at this point. Is he? Yeah. Okay. I, I think, because he, he never really, he was on NXT a few times, but he wasn't ever established there, yeah. necessarily. We knew he was an NXT guy, quote, but yeah. I think he's established as a UK guy. Okay. But you also, but you have people like Deanna Perrazzo and Dakota Kai. and Those are better uh, examples. Noem Thank Dar. You. Yeah, better um, examples. Yeah. yeah, and those I do see coming in and out, because I don't think Dar is going to leave 205 Live at this point. I wouldn't mind it if he did. And if he maybe sees that he has more success, maybe he goes back and maybe he stays for half a year or whatever. And I think that would be the ideal for it. Because at this point, I do think that these people that are coming in and out are there because people aren't as familiar with the UK, most of the UK people on the brand, um, save the ones that have been on NXT a lot. Um, of course, the English crowd are the, yeah, the British strong style guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, of course, the people in Europe are more familiar because they're European indie for yeah. most part. A lot of yeah. them are. Yeah, and there's been a big revival of it over the last yeah. few years. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> WWE was like they saw it obviously, yeah. and they were like, let's get the best of the best. <laughs> yeah, but for I guess an, a general American audience, because we're familiar with a lot of those guys too, but not yeah. all of them. Yeah. And but for a general audience, I think they needed like those people, like the Dakota Kai's and the Barrazos and everything, to kind of I wouldn't say boost the talent, but to kind of give a little bit of a rub to those people over yeah. there. I think that should continue. I think it could, and because we've seen Pete Dunne and Mustache Mountain on NXT all the time this past year, I don't think we'll see that as often. Uh, in this coming year but who knows and yeah. i think it would be interesting for people like that to go back and forth i'd love yeah. to see the undisputed era go to uk for like a month and and do what whatever they want to do if, i can definitely see like a a, a clashing pay-per-view yeah and uh, to to you, you you we were talking about this off the air yeah. too like maybe during survivor series yeah. weekend where you have uk versus us yeah for supremacy that would be great yeah. oh yeah it's just gonna get more fun yeah. actually i say between australia and japan i'm not sure if they're actually gonna <laughs> yeah. go there yet yeah but you know that think... that's another thing whenever they uh 
if they're kind of sleeping on guys like Atami, you've yeah. got a ready-made world champion right there. Yeah. Done, you know. I feel like WWE thinks that they'd have a more difficult time with Japan just yeah. because of the language barrier. And that's that's really starting. It's not starting a war, but it's opening up a massive Pandora's box. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they may just want to rely on any kind of... Uh, you know, whatever cooperative crossover they have right. with whatever, I think, you know, uh, All Japan or something like that. that they I were think it was, with yeah, that, that match yeah. with Tommy. But there was, oh, well, that was actually, uh, Akira Tozawa teamed up with Meiko Satomura recently at an indie show. Yeah. But it was a, a Fight Club Pro show, which is a oh. European okay. promotion. But they, it was in Japan. It was at Cork and yeah. Hall. That's still a big That's deal. Yeah. yeah. But it was, I, I want to see that match. Anyway. If you look back at the second UK title tournament, yeah, you saw people like Shayna Baszler and the Undisputed Era and all these people from America NXT, and I think that that can be a thing that will boost both brands going forward. And we've seen Mark Andrews and, and people like that, yeah, even on, on two hundred five, yeah, yeah. two hundred five and NXT, and they had Flash Morgan Webster and I think James Drake and Kenny yeah. Williams on the British episode. Yeah. yeah of it, and of, it, of course that was a thing because they were there. Sure. That week. Sure. Yeah. But they can continue to do stuff yeah. like that and yeah. maybe see someone like Nikki Cross go over there and you know, just those things. I think it would be cool. And I think they've already set the groundwork for that kind of stuff to happen. And it just, it feels really cool every time that yeah. happens. Yeah. So like these people that we, <laughs> And that was the other thing we were talking the other day concerning the all elite thing is like I never thought I'd see the day where there's like a handful of talent that I actually don't want to see in WWE anymore, right. and I'd rather see them work for like AEW in yeah. the future. You know, Pac is a big example for me. It's oh. like I I was real bummed when he just wasn't on TV anymore, but I'm glad that he got released so that he can go back to Dragon Gate yeah. and all elite now that we yeah. know. And all of these other things. Yeah, so there's guys like Hawkins and Ryder, for yeah. example, who are just wasting away. And, like, it's weird because Hawkins actually has... He has a storyline, even though he doesn't. Right, right. <laughs> Zack Ryder has nothing. Yeah. And those are guys that I think obviously would do well in AEW. And yeah. Plus, they're also, like, close friends with those guys. So, yeah. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. So, what do you do now? Your WWE, you got these guys that are obviously not happy. And I'm just putting words in mouths here. Sure. Let's say they're not happy. Right. <laughs> Like, do you like be like, hey, do you guys want to go to NXT or do you guys want to go to NXT UK for a little bit and see if you can get something cooking? Yeah. Like, do you see that happening? Do you think that? I mean, I think they could do well there too. I mean, that yeah. they have to counter this new movement with something. Right. That's the only way you're really going to kill it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're ignoring it by not ignoring it. I you know, because right. yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know. I mean, the cool buzz is definitely with AEW, and I'm on yeah. board. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah, me too. You got Jericho and Pac, and then uh, the Elite, and yeah. then, uh, some other good. That's all support. I need. Yeah. Yeah, and you're only going to get more people down the road here. Yeah. So, like, you know, let's say the week they have their first show, WWE decides, like, oh, you know, Zack Ryder is in NXT UK. I realize Zack Ryder isn't selling as many tickets as he used to. Right. But if they do that that week, that's really smart of them to do it. Yeah. Or have them show up on NXT and have a great match with Ricochet in the yeah. same way that we'll talk about later here with Tyler Breeze right. and having a great match with Ricochet. You know, if they're not doing that, they're kind of failing, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. It's doing a disservice to people like that. And I mean, 
I think it's kind of clear that Zack Ryder isn't completely satisfied with his spot. He hasn't been for a long time. Remember the the push me trunks yeah. that he wore once and yeah. could never wear again. Yeah. Like it's pretty clear. And for WWE to just like sit on that and just, why? Like what's the purpose? Yeah. You know. And if they sit on contracts just to keep them away from all elite, which is what like, they're doing now. Yeah. That's why they haven't fired anybody all year. Yeah. And I realize I, that the the firings usually happen after Mania. Yeah. You're not going to see that this this yeah. year. I think that sucks. Like yeah. that's. I will say that I didn't really buy into the whole thing of WWE trying to take over the the UK indie scene because I think it's good for those guys and yeah. those guys think it's good for themselves. As an American, I think it's good. Right. Like cuz we're not there over there. So yeah. I think it's only fair to say I know who these people are now. Yeah. So, by my perspective, WWE are the good guys. I feel like the UK indie scene is okay. There's yeah. still a lot of guys that, that we saw in those progress shows in, at WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. A lot of them are in WWE now, but a lot of them aren't. And yeah. those guys are really good. And I've seen those matches. And they'll they'll have good spots now in the other indie feds over yeah. there. And I think that will help the attendance of all the indie shows in there yeah. overall. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just like America, you know. Every indie show in America isn't well attended. Right. I mean, you know, so they're going to have like those carny shows, you know. And, yeah. But that's also important, too. It yeah. keeps the spirit alive. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I think, you know, for Americans, I love it. You know, yeah, I yeah. know who these people are now. Um, I can't wait to talk about next month because there was there was a big presence of a guy that we saw at uh, some of these shows during Mania Week. And it's just... I love this these oh, payoffs yeah, yeah. that we get, about, yeah. but yeah, like, but but uh, sort of like that Mania Week, we saw the the grizzled young veterans, is that yeah. what they're called, yeah. Yeah. and you know, you came back from that show, and I didn't go to it because we did that thing where we had a couple Different of split stuff, offs yeah. here. You came back and talked about these guys, and I was like, "Wow, those guys get good heat, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, oh, oh, that's uh, James Drake and Zach Gibson. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. you know, so two and two together, so. But, I mean, like, the point was, I, I didn't buy the, the, the WWE is trying to kill the UK Indies, but mm. for them to sit on contracts, that is something that I'm like, that's dirty yeah. business. On like, their don't main do roster. that. Yeah. That's, you're just hurting individuals. You're not helping yourself. Yeah. Like, that's, it's, that's, I don't like that. Like, I, I would think even in the cutthroat days of the Monday Night War, I've even heard about talks about how people are like, well, you know, I'm going to try it over there. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, sometimes no hard feelings yeah. sometimes hey you know the door's open you did it you did business the right way yeah and then you know maybe we'll see you later i don't see why people can't just go up and go you know I, i'd like to check on another opportunity yeah. here you know and if and if we see each other down the road great it's meant to be if it's not then it's yeah. not meant to be yeah and it's, you have so much access everybody quote unquote 99 percent wants to work for wwe anyway They'll be fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's still the be-all, end-all. I don't see it ever not being that. Right. Uh, but I think they should uh, slightly care about, at least it would be nice if these other places did succeed because it's always great for wrestling. It's yeah. always great for the fans. Yeah. And when I hear things like WWE not letting people with AEW shirts in the SmackDown the day of that rally. Yeah. I think that's absolute crap. Yeah. I yeah. think that's so dumb. Yeah. Um, 
Because, like, okay, but you, you didn't do that with the Bullet Club shirt. I was going to say the same thing, yeah. Now you have started a fire. Yeah. You watch, man. Like, yeah. That, that makes me want to buy an All Elite shirt. Exactly. Wear it under another shirt, and then go to the show, right. take off the shirt, and then it's there. And right. you're going to start seeing that, too. And when you pay attention to it like that, and that stuff gets out online, then, yeah, it makes you more interested in this other thing. Whereas if you just ignored it and just let it happen... It would just be another thing, you know. But yeah. now it's important. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm setting big tables here. And I've, <laughs> I've got... There's not enough space in this room. And I do apologize, yeah. Chris. But there's, uh, a, there's a lot of big stuff happening right now. It's, yeah. a, it's an interesting time. We could just do a whole podcast on NXT UK. Because they're definitely giving the amount... There's more clocked in time for that show now. Mm. It's the newest show. Yeah. But I think they have as many minutes now of wrestling as Raw does for the entire year. <laughs> I mean, two well, shows a week. I'm two dying shows a here. week. Like it's it's almost comparable to the non-commercial watch time of Raw every week. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't take it. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 fine shows. Don't get me wrong. They're good. This has been a rough last quarter. It's I got behind because I was trying to keep up with everything. But I ended up not watching. I had a lot of stuff going on at the end of the month, personally. And I couldn't watch everything every week. So UK got left to the end. So I spent a full week watching nothing but NXT UK. I yeah, was gearing up for takeover. I watched yeah. six weeks of UK within like one week, which is 12 episodes. Yeah. I yeah. think I did too. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. All right, but but I, I, it's a good show. Much like uh, NXT every week, uh, it's another great excuse to hear Nigel McGuinness's voice. Yeah, and Vic Joseph, he's doing a fine job. Yeah, he's he's fine. his hell of a hand, you know. Right. So uh, yeah, uh, all NXT, all good. Yes. All right, you want to get to matches of the week? Sure. All right, let's do matches of the week, and then we'll talk about TLC after that for our Supercard match of the month. Okay, sounds good. Correct. So first week, all the shows. Got two UK episodes, yeah. one NXT, one 205, SmackDown or Raw. We had the which is, still had the Mixed Match Challenge as well. And Mixed on. Match Challenge is going on. I didn't watch Main Event, full disclosure. Um, I have been trying to keep up, but I only watch them on the network, so it's delayed. So That's my one New Year's resolution. Chris, uh, with my Hulu access, of course, yeah. you're going to come over and watch Main Event with me. Right. That's, our, that's our resolution for the... So we're going to keep it light. So you're giving me a resolution. Well, in a sense, but, I mean, dude, it's 15 minutes a week. And, you know, we get to see the revival pretty much every time. Yeah, well, we're starting to see him on Raw now, so. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's all not. Yeah. I barely. Really? Even yeah. still? Even, they had a title match. I saw the title match. Okay. That's the only time I've seen it. Did you see the number one contender match? No. Well, okay. Yeah, they, I even, I, I haven't even, like, uh, the Heath Slater stuff. Yeah. Like, I Do know. Do you not see Rhino get fired? No. Do you see Rhino come back? No. <laughs> Well, okay. What do you do, what do, you do with that? Yeah, I don't no, know. I don't know what to do with that either. Okay, so week one, uh, a surprise match. You know, uh, the way they pace these NXT UK shows, it's like, okay, the opener is always pretty good. It's pretty solid, but it's always kind of like a five minute or yeah. you move on to whatever the main crux of the story for that, that week is. Because I think they actually even have a good layout of how they do their shows and everything. There's an yeah. There's just enough backstage stuff to keep the stories going, but yeah. there's not too much. And I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Johnny's saying I like the Sid Scaler promotion. Yeah, that whole thing. I like I like how they transitioned him into the assistant, and he's kind of taking over the the vocalization for the 
team of Scala and Saint. Yeah. And I think it still bugs me. He look he, he just bugs me. He looks like Colin Hanks. <laughs> he looks like young Colin Hanks, and I can't see anything else other than that. Yeah, but he looks he he looks like a person of authority or a person under a person of authority. He, yeah, exactly. He fits that role really yeah. well, I think, yeah. and I like him. They were doing so anyway. That all being said, yeah. the opening match of the first week of December which was Fabian Eichner versus Mark Andrews, which was Fabian's debut match for NXT. Yeah. And I thought that they just brought him in here to get, you know, a couple of looks. And, you know, Andrews already being an established European wrestler. Eichner being, I think he has more of a spot in America at this point, even though they, they, they talk about his Italian heritage. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I just don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I was like, okay, you know, this will be, be a fun little match. You know, I, I didn't expect him to give Eichner so much. Right. I thought he'd lose in a decent alley. Yeah. But then there was that, that's that point in the match where it's like, this is not going to be a short match. We, right. <laughs> we just finished Act 1, and I didn't yeah. even realize it. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So, I mean, for me, I think that match was the one that really stood out of the entire week. Uh, first week of December. I think so too. There were some good matches that week. There was that triple threat match on SmackDown with Woods versus Cesaro versus Jey Uso. That was good. That was really good and entertaining. Uh, I think the Dakota Kai versus Shayna Baszler match was really good. It was their best match against each other. Yeah. Because it kind of was the full circle for what Baszler had done to Dakota Kai earlier in the year. Yeah. And it kind of revisited some of those. She went for the stomp on the arm, but she got out of it. Yeah. So that was really cool. But yes, the Shayna finally looked like she was in a fight after yeah. the after the match. Yeah. That so helped. It had shown how Dakota Kai had grown over the years, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yes. The Fabian Eicher Mark Andrews match was I really liked it a lot because they did they had a little bit of a talking segment before it with each other and they were friendly yeah. and it felt like friendly competition, like, hey, this is your debut, let's go out and have a good match. And then it even started that way in the ring. It was friendly competition between Eichner and Andrews. Yeah. And there was the point where Eichner kind of turned and yeah. he started being a real douche. <laughs> yeah. And he was slamming Andrews into the steps and being real dirty and real mean and hitting him real hard. I was like, oh, this is, this is like you said, the first act was over and we went into that. I was like, this is really cool. Like, I like Fabian Eichner. Yeah. seen him before. This is the first match that I remember and I will always remember. Yeah, so. that's a very good point. Even that upset when he had on NXT. Yeah. I even forget now who he beat. Yeah. That's same. how kind of yeah. just, ah, I was about him in a yeah. sense. So, yeah. So, almost on principle, I had to give it to yeah. him. So. Yeah, me too. Agreed. I, I just hope Mark, An- Mark Andrews is obviously uh, uh, the, the crash test dummy of NXT UK right oh, now. Oh, yeah, so, sure. <laughs> like, because people love him. He's good at doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And. When he does get a win, it's awesome. When he loses, he can lose in spectacular fashion. Yeah. So I need to give him a different kind of name, like maybe like some sort of honorary thing, like the Coco Beware Award or something <laughs> like right. that. So, but yeah, he's so fun. You know, you're gonna see high flying annex, but he'll get caught yeah. in the end and get beat. So that's kind of what Coco used to do. So I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> I am gonna pose you one question. Okay. Before we get out of week one. All right. Because I know we're moving along. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Candy Floss? She I... faced Rhea Ripley that week. I think I think Candy Floss is fun. Yeah. I have nothing against her at all. I and the fact you know, I, I turn I do turn into Nigel McGinnis despite having zero ring time. Right. Nigel's like these eighteen year old kids today. They're yeah. doing so much, and he's like I didn't lace them up until I was twenty three. Yeah. And Ty, uh, Pete Dunn isn't even twenty three yet. Tyler Dunn isn't even twenty three yet. I think they're just reaching. A that lot point. of the UK people. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, are really young. Candy yeah. Floss, Sia Brookside. Yeah, she's uh, what twenty yeah. maybe. 
maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of really young people there. I like, I like Candy Floss. I'd seen her in Stardom last year. She see, was doing some of that. See, this was the first time I saw her, obviously, yeah. and they brought her out kind of as a joke, yeah. at least to someone like me. Sure. I was like, oh, this is a joke. Yeah. This is yeah. a joke opponent. Yeah. But she actually wound up getting a little bit on her. A little bit. So it was a good debut. That, yeah. That's kind of the way a debut should be, I think. So. And she wrestled Ginny later on. It may have been the next month, actually, but it was. A different kind of match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, she kind of went. Jenny's going through the the young crew right now. Yeah, know? so she beat yeah. Zaya. She beat. Uh, Jenny's rising up to the level to where she can challenge for the title. I know. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I'm I'm not really convinced yet. She's a good wrestler, but she's like a distant third right now. I think in that company. Yeah. So, yeah. Nothing like I said. Nothing against her, but I just yeah. I do not see her beating Rhea or Tony or those kind of people right now. I just don't see. I can it. see her beating Tony Storm. All right. Well, we'll see. Time will tell, me. She friend. has beaten Tony Storm. She took the progress title away from her. Yeah, but I didn't see it, Chris. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one more thing before we get out of week one. Punishment Martinez debuted on NXT. <laughs> ah! Damn it. Had to say it. He wrestled uh, Matt Riddle on that the first match. He lost. Yes, yes, he did. Or Martinez lost. Yeah, Martinez. He tapped out. Yeah. So, You excited for no. it? it... <laughs> no. I... Uh, I... I called it the worst ROH signing in, in the yeah. history of ROH to WWE signings of all yeah. time. And I'm still standing by that statement. I hope he proves me wrong. Yeah. I hope he's not the next Baron Corbin or whatever. But that's what it seems like it's going to be. I, I mean, hope his time at the training center will change him into something that I want to see. Yeah. From something I don't want to see. I don't, I don't know who said it. You might have even said it. But I feel like he was a guy that they wanted to sign. And they literally sent him over to ROH. That's with what the it feels agre- like. With the agreement that, like, here's a one or two year deal. Yeah. And then we'll see you at the end of that deal. That's Yeah. I, I didn't say it quite like that. But, yeah, that was it, it felt like they were grooming him to go to WWE. Yeah. So, it's a very good theory, by the way. I'm sure that stuff goes on. So. Yeah. Yeah. Week two had a lot of solid wrestling in it. It's just before... That new era and the yeah. McMahons all take over. But this the, is the uh, week that Rollins called out Corbin for being an idiot. Yeah, but at the same time, this was the week that had Mustafa Ali's promotion to yep. SmackDown. Leo Rush wrestled on Raw. So they were moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had that great surprise of Tyler Breeze. A yeah. little NXT homecoming yeah. there. That's cool. An open contract against Ricochet for the North American title, which I don't think anybody expected him to win. No. But it was just nice to see Tyler Breeze wrestle a match this year. It's fun to see him appreciated by the crowd as well. Yeah. Exactly. There's that. But it's going to make us sound like a broken record, but 205 Live, I mean, it was a two-match show. And you yeah. know when it's a two-match show, it's two epic matches. Yeah. And I left it to you, Chris, because I'm like, I could not decide between Buddy versus Grandma Malik and Tony Nese versus Cedric Alexander. They both blew me away. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately we decide on the opener. Right? Buddy Murphy versus Grand Metal League. My initial reaction was I enjoyed the Murphy Metal League match slightly more. Um, I'm not sure even how to verbalize that. It just it was just the, the feeling that I had in the moment, and that's what I wrote down in my notes, so I'm going with Buddy Murphy and Grand Metal League, because they were both really good. But I enjoyed... I think it was the the dichotomy of like the King of the Ropes versus this, this dude that just throws people around. Yeah. But also that, I think that there's more drama in that match because I think you would definitely, despite the fact that Buddy and Cedric are going to go at it at TLC, mm-hmm. 
there's that possibility that Buddy could have lost, and you could plant the seed of doubt that he might drop the title at TLC. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah. So you expect Cedric Alexander to win this match. Yeah. There's kind of no way he's going to lose. Yeah. But I think the drama was in the first match for that reason. That's, true, yeah. That's what puts it over the top for me. Yeah. So there you go. So match of the week, week two, officially Buddy Murphy versus Grand Metal League. And that's the same week that had, like you said, Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan, but he still went with that match because it was, it was better. Yeah, so catch up, people. <laughs> week three, they did me a massive solid. I could talk on and on about other shows that had good matches, and I'm sure you might actually do that, Chris. This was kind of, they start building up Joe Coffey as the contender for Pete Dunne in NXT because now he's clearly the leader of Gallus. Yeah. So that's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ron SmackDown, this was the... This was the let's rewrite everything week, yeah. and Raw actually had an entertaining show. Yeah, right. So it's it's a pre Christmas miracle. Yeah. Uh, SmackDown consistent as always. You even have what we talked about before: Mustafa Ali cleanly pinning Daniel Bryan in a tag match. Uh, he had a nice solid two oh five, but NXT did be massive solid in, in choosing match of the week this week. Yeah. With the Johnny Gargano, Aleister Black steel cage match, yeah, which you don't get a whole lot on regular NXT. Mm. I think this is the second time, maybe ever, mm, on regular NXT. Maybe I could be wrong about that because I remember one of the takeovers that was its full sale did have a cage match as the main event. So maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking. So maybe they never have had it on sure. a weekly I'll show. Have to go back and look. But as far as I know, maybe a first. But that's a that's a takeover main event right there. Yeah, and for sure. you, you got it on the free weekly show. Yeah, and um, interesting finish to that one. All so, the dra- like yeah. all the drama like at this point I don't even know where they're going or what they're doing at this point. But now it's uh it's not Johnny wrestling anymore. It's Johnny badass. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> but you know I mean Champa has positioned himself as the ultimate puppet master. Alistair Black's just not going to take any shit off of either of them. Yeah. But he's in the unfortunate position of he doesn't have any friends. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and even though it seems like Johnny and Tommaso don't have any friends, they're still BFFs in this weird, dark way. Yeah. And it's yeah. definitely going there now. I mean, the finish explains all of that. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away in that sense yeah. because you really should see this match. Yeah. I, I've got a few people on, like trying. I'm trying to get them caught up on this whole thing, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> this and bizarro the, finish. <laughs> I completely agree with everything you just said. That whole NXT was was good. I think. Yeah, we had big debuts. Yeah, a couple debuts on the show. Dominic Dijakovic, which I don't know why they they extended his name so long. <laughs> why did they make it more difficult to say? I don't know. They like, went from Dijak so, was fine. So Dominic Dijak, who was an ROH, yeah, and they move him over. They sign him, and I was like, yeah. good signing because he's actually good. Yeah, and that he's got a good look. Yeah, and if he's, he's only going to improve. So mm-hmm. Dominic Dijak becomes Chris Dijak. Right. Even okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Somehow along the way, it's like, let's make it more foreign. Right. This is, <laughs> that was the thing, yeah. It's like the reverse way of coming to America back in the early days. <laughs> like, yeah. let's just call you Dijak right. instead of Dijakovic. That's too many yeah. letters. So yeah. they went the exact opposite route yeah. here. And I'm just like, what kind of Santina Marilla stuff is this? Right. But uh, but yeah, uh, he, he debuted. It was cool to see. It yeah. Was, I mean, it wasn't much of a match, but it was cool to see him. And I guess this is what they're going to go forward with for him. <laughs> sure. I'm a fan. I just that name is shit. Yeah, <laughs> no one's gonna buy a T-shirt that says Dijakovic. Right. Yeah. How do you How do you chance that? Jack Officers. 
Oh, uh, yeah. We also had the debut, the wrestling debut on television of uh, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. They wrestled uh, Io Shirai and Dakota Kai. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think of uh, how they, what did you think of them? Well, the match went the way, obviously, it should have gone. Yeah. With, uh, with their debut not being successful. Yeah. Everybody wants to see them get beat, yeah. including myself, yeah. and I was not let down by that. I mean... I can't really tell yet. Yeah, it's, honestly. it's tough to tell from that one match. It's also one of those things where EO and Dakota are so good, yeah. they will hide a lot of flaws if they have any. And I just really don't know what those flaws are yet. Yeah, Obviously inexperience, maybe inability to follow up. But at any time I didn't, I didn't go, oh, there's yeah. a terrible spot. Yeah. So I didn't see that. So I don't really have a scouting report on them yet. They were saying in the commentary, though, that Marina Shafir was the first of her kind in the company, and I'm trying to figure out if that's maybe like a certain country that she's from uh, originally that is, but I need to look up. uh, That'll be my payoff for next uh, month, hopefully. That's your homework. Yeah, that's my homework. But, uh, yeah, I remember it was either Nigel or uh, or Vic saying that she's the first uh, blah, 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 like of her her people, and uh, I'll find (laughs) out. I'll find out. (laughs) I think that uh, Jessamyn Duke, to me, looked better than Shafir, but Shafir just really didn't have a whole lot yeah. to do in that match, and sure. that may be because Duke is progressing faster. Sure. Yeah, Shafir so. is the one that took the pen, too, so yeah. that's smart booking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this week we picked the cage match because it was awesome, and of course, because it was Gargano and Black, yeah. but this is the same week that had that tag team street fight with Kendrick and Tozawa versus Gallagher and Gulak. It had... Rhea Ripley defending her title against Isla Dawn in a yeah. surprisingly good match. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. big on Isla Dawn, but they've been building her up well. Yeah, I didn't think she was ready yet. Yeah. And I, I didn't think she was going to win. She's a new finisher, by the way. Yeah. That, that, fin- weird, that is not. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good suplex for your arsenal, but yeah. that is not a finisher. That's not, really a finish, yeah. <laughs> That's not That was barely a finisher in the 80s. Yeah, right. When your bathing suit was in fashion. Right. (laughs) Sorry. And this is also the week that uh, Mustafa Ali pinned Daniel Bryan. Mustafa Ali, two weeks in a row, but he's not in the match of the week. (laughs) Even though there were great matches, and we love the guy. This is not a demotion. But NXT was just unfair. (laughs) It was was totally unfair. (laughs) Um, So we get to week four. Yeah, and um, I gotta say, I, I hate using the word... Uh, guilty pleasure mm-hmm. but maybe it's more apropos in wrestling than it is music for me at least okay but my if i have a guilty pleasure in pro wrestling it's the annual massacre on uh, or whatever it is the yeah, night massacre on 34th street yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, the street the street Mi- fight miracle, miracle on 34th street fight yeah sorry my go. ecw brain yeah, took a, yeah, we did yeah. the same thing miracle on 34th street fight is it's consistently entertaining every year for me yeah. i almost know everything that's going to happen before it happens right but I love it. I, I just I buy into it yeah. every year. Yeah. And the Elias Lashley match. I'm not making it match of the week. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I love that was a great kickoff. It was fun. To the yeah, show. it was and a good it, way to start the show. As cheesy as that open was, I still fell for it. Yeah. And I was like, I was actually I was actually sad when I saw the open because I wasn't watching it live on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And I feel like that's the kind of show you should be watching with like friends and family. Right. And you got a pizza in there. Yeah. And and you just watch the show and you laugh and yeah. you, you go wow and I, that that part was missing for me. Yeah. And I, I'm being dead serious when I say that. And yeah. uh, but I, I think the show would have been even that much more enjoyable had I watched it that way. Like but yeah, sorry, I'm getting all mm-hmm. <laughs> get a little deep here. But yeah, I actually got to see the revival. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, so they, they lost, they lost yeah. their title match, but yeah. it was that was I mean Gable was just on fire in oh, that match. He was so, all over the place. It was so, cool to see. So fun, and you know the Rousey Natalia match was fine. It went the way I thought it was going to go. It was interesting. With, I without without a heel turn, which I expected at this time, but it, for Rousey, no, for Natalia, yeah. yeah, she well because Rousey was so hesitant all throughout that match. She didn't even want to put Natalia in the armbar. Yeah. But Natalia had no qualms about anything. Like she yeah. was just going for it. Yeah. So it wasn't a heel turn, but she was edging in that way, yeah, which but, I thought was an interesting dynamic because you yeah. haven't seen Ronda Rousey do that before. Sure. But it obviously could have been excused because like how many title shots is she going to have now? Yeah, but she was smiling when she was when she was doing that stuff to Rousey. Yeah. So they could have built on that. They didn't, but they could have if they yeah. wanted to. Uh, yeah, we had that uh, talking about how Diana Parazzo she was on NXT UK and she had a really cool title match against Rhea Ripley. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the tag title match on regular NXT. Yeah, <laughs> Yanks NXT with the uh, Undisputed Era versus Heavy Machinery. Yes, that match was so fun. Even Undisputed put him over on Twitter after the match. Oh yeah, which they don't do. Yeah, well, um, Heavy Machinery is leaving. Well, I know. Match, so I'm sure that had something to do with it. Yeah, but. I know, but it was really cool. So like, I think Otis had two really surprising surprisingly good performances this year yeah the one against champa and this one here yeah. um but even all that and we, we even had a dream match andretasi and almas yep. versus mustafa ali and even all of that yep. did not win match of the week nope because not only did we have a christmas day miracle chris but we had a rusev day miracle right. rusev won singles gold for the first time in a long time yeah against Shinsuke Nakamura. I, I don't know if you had the same experience that I did with this match, Chris, but I was watching it, and I just got, I just put everything down, and I got totally invested in it. So I was kind of like the proverbial Lana sitting oh, on the right. couch, and I felt all the emotion that she felt watching this match, Right. and I just let everything go. And, I mean, those two guys are great. Oh, yeah. I think they have a great chemistry, which I, I, I thought maybe they wouldn't jive for right. some reason early on in this feud, yeah. but I've been really... Uh, been very surprised and pleasantly surprised. Uh, they just had a great main event. I think maybe it's because they gave them time to develop the match, and it wasn't it wasn't a match in the middle of the show where they had to fit within this certain space and fit these commercial breaks in certain spots. They were allowed to. Nakamura hasn't been able to do that in a long time, and mm-hmm. he can have a great match with anyone. Like I know that he can. Yeah. In certain spots, he hasn't been able to do that because of different factors, the storylines, the shenanigans, the the timing, if he has to compress his matches into such a short period. And we know Rusev can have really great matches with pretty much yeah. anyone, too. Yeah. And them together, I was very happy. I wasn't surprised because I know they can both have great matches. Yeah. But I was very happy that they were allowed to have that time. That is one thing that I think that maybe... Maybe they are listening to the fans a little bit. And, of course, it's obvious, like, if they're going to put the title on Rusev, then, yeah, people have been shouting for that for forever at this point. Yeah. And, and after a slightly disappointing year, yeah. we were kind of a roller coaster year, yeah. really. But there was, I feel like there was more downs and ups. Yeah. So ending this year on his damn birthday, on yeah. Christmas, yeah. winning the U.S. title, a title that he held for a year at one yeah. point. So good stuff. It man. was really cool. And this was Nakamura's best match in a long time. Yeah, and, since the last man standing yeah, match yeah. with AJ. So I think it was really great for both guys. I want to see this feud continue for a while yeah. and then move on yeah. to different things. I want to see him do the tour. Like yeah. I think this they have good enough chemistry to do the tour. Yeah. The cage match, you know, maybe a two out of three. And let's see if it goes beyond yeah. that. 
and when Rusev, I think maybe Rusev should keep the title at the end of the feud and have him feud with Andrade Almas for that title. That needs to be his next major opponent. Oh, uh, bring Joey Styles out of retirement right. for that one. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That is what I want to see. And then have maybe Nakamura go after Mustafa Ali. Sure. I'm like Done. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will sign that contract. See, that's cause... all you need. That's all you need to write. Yeah. It's done. But yeah, the the matches that week were really good. The I will say that I don't think the Miracle on 34th Street fight was quite as good as the Thanksgiving Feast fight, in my opinion. Ooh, but it was very too. highly enjoyable. Halloween match was good, too. Yeah. Yep. I just like throwing a tree into somebody's face, for, <laughs> right. like just out of nowhere. Yeah, right. Love it. Yeah. To go watch that spot again. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about TLC just for a few minutes okay. and then get out of here. All right. uh, overall, I was entertained by the show. Yeah, there were definitely some some down moments, but for the most part, especially towards the end of the show, thankfully this show was structured in a way to where I wasn't disappointed at yeah. the end. I was actually very happy at the end. Yeah. So when they do that, even if there are moments where I'm like, mm, maybe that wasn't as good as I had hoped, I still leave the show feeling good because these last few matches were like, oh my God, this yeah. is amazing stuff. And then that realization, I mean, I guess you really couldn't have gone any other way. And if you watch the build, it's kind of a no-brainer yeah. because this is a show that's not going to have Brock Lesnar on at number one. Yeah. But number two, think about this. And this is, I think, almost as just an important chapter in the women's evolution as the actual evolution pay-per-view was. Because you've got a card that's got... Daniel freaking Bryan and AJ freaking Styles yeah. in a world title match. Not closing the show. Yeah. You got Seth freaking Rollins and Dean freaking Ambrose yeah. <laughs> in a ladder match that has main evented multiple pay-per-views. That's not closing the show. Yeah. You're closing the show with Asuka versus Charlotte versus Becky in a TLC match, which of course is the first ever women's TLC match ever. They've had table matches before, yes. but never an actual TLC match. Correct. Massive step right there. Yeah. And then, and of course, you have the the solemn finish to the Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins thing, where it's uh, you know, Dean Ambrose actually winning the Intercontinental yeah. Title, which that, I didn't really see that going any other way. Yeah, that match went on a little long. I thought. I heard they got in trouble for that too. Yeah. That's just a rumor. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it was. Uh, I even heard a few boring chants in the crowd yeah, at some point. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't maybe go that far, but I, by the 20-minute mark, I was like, okay, let's wrap this up. It should yeah. have been wrapped up a few minutes ago, guys. <laughs> let's get the box out. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> they were in the unenviable position of being between the Styles and uh, Daniel Bryan match and that TLC match. So they were sandwiched between fantastic matches. Because yeah. that Styles Bryan match was really great and mm -hmm. I loved it. Um yeah. and then the Ambrose Rollins match was was good but too long. But then the TLC match. Yeah. I mean that thing was I loved it. Uh... I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I watched it twice. I watched it the same night again. How can I add on to that? I yeah. mean it's super enjoyable yeah. and uh, just a nice payoff to I mean this is definitely the TLC was the okay. We've cl we're closing this chapter at the same time, opening a new one. Yeah. So they literally like ended an era and started an era on the same show. Yeah. I think because they they fixed a lot of things and they booked a lot of different things and yeah. 
and Asuka, who had been a massive afterthought ever since putting Charlotte over to yeah. break her streak at Mania, yeah. and they put her on the bench the rest of the year. Yep. You only saw her in multiple lady matches, yep. battle royals, and all that kind of jazz. Yep. And she was the biggest afterthought, and everybody's like, wow, is she actually going to be a bust on the main roster? I mean, it got to that point. Yeah. But it's like, okay, no, she's a damn killer, and she needs to be up there. Yeah. Someone finally said something yeah. or listened to somebody, and she's in this triple threat. She deserves to be in the triple threat. Yeah. And no better shot, really. Not even so much a pay-per-view, but the SmackDown before that. Right. The way they closed that. That was great. I loved it. Dude, like, yeah. I wanted to see the match right then and there. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, um, finally, Asuka getting her due in this, in, in this cluttered sea of craziness between yeah. Becky and Charlotte, the fact that they were able to like just shoehorn her in there literally shoehorn her in there and it makes sense and she wins the title and it makes everything immediately fresh again yeah exactly because you could kind of see where things were headed prior to that with the whole rousey charlotte becky thing although it was getting a little bit complicated but now you have oscar in the mix too and I mean, I still, I can see multiple ways to get to WrestleMania at this point. Yeah, that, that's women. the other thing. Is this, that's the thing. I think the money, now, and, you know, and I'm happy to be wrong here. I think I initially called Charlotte Ronda for next Mania, but yeah. I think the money is easily Ronda Becky now. Absolutely, yeah. So, and with nobody else. So don't do yeah. anything else. Just, you know, it's okay. They can have more matches with women. Yeah. They can have up to, like, let's say, oh, my God, four you right. think four matches for me is okay ronda becky there's your money yeah do everything else how you want it i mean if you can have a charlotte oscar match that is also hungry yeah. to steal the luster yeah. from the becky ronda money match yeah so how well, is how is that's not I mean, on principle this is a great mania already yeah, that would be charlotte oscar too and charlotte oscar on wrestlemania this past year was my favorite match on wrestlemania yeah so I mean, to me right there you've got two matches yeah. put that in pen yeah mania <laughs> that's already a better main like, underline it yeah yeah done <laughs> we just don't know what to do with the dudes yet right yeah so i'm sure about that um we're gonna have an ass off between uh bobby lashley and billy gunn returning uh, uh okay <laughs> no we're not gonna do that yeah there was just uh it's nice to have a main event that delivers yeah <laughs> if yeah. that's all i'm gonna say because it, it it's always just kind of been not that for WWE quote-unquote pay-per-views or super cards this year. Yeah. It's always been something like, you know, why did Nakamura Styles not close that show? You know, things like that, you know. Yeah. So they finally got it right. Yeah. <laughs> when they get it right, I feel the need to reward them for good behavior. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, right. But also, shit-hot match. Yeah, absolutely. So, I And then everybody else had, had a great night. <laughs> I mean, yes. I'm, I'm trying to struggle to remember the rest of the card. That's the well, only notes I don't have in front of me. That was the... We already talked about it. Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy was on oh. the pre-show. Yeah, and it should have been on the main show, much yeah. like it's a Survivor Series. Yeah, it was the first match of the night on Stupid. the show. Yeah, yeah. And that was followed by Elias versus Bobby Lashley, which was, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. It was a pre-show yeah. match. <laughs> the, the, the street fight was better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge was... I, I was a little underwhelmed, but it was still fun. Yeah. And uh, hey, them being on a pay per view, I'm I'm all yeah. And yeah, Fabulous absolutely. Truth has been one of the things that has kept me watching all year, honestly. Yeah, and mm. I I agree. As much as I wanted Mahalisha to win it all, I can't deny that Fabulous Truth has been something that is it's been magic when they came together. Yeah. I think so. Who'd have yeah, thought? It really works. Yeah. Um, the SmackDown tag team title match was good. 
Um, the yeah, it's almost like we've definitely, as much as I say it's one of the best things in the entire company, we've been kind of taking it for granted all month. But yeah, just just solid. There's been a lot of other really great stuff though too. Yeah. So it's it's giving us some competition. Uh, the TLC, the Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin <laughs> thing was a thing that happened. And they pretty much did the exact same thing the next night. They did the exact, yeah, they did the exact same thing. It's fun to see Baron Corbin get humiliated and uh, beaten up really badly. And even though I'd really not even have him on TV, but if you're going to have him on, might as well be something like that. (laughs) Fine. They've been blaming him for for Raw and stuff, but he's still in main events. He was in the main (laughs) event of the last Raw in December. So that, that needs to change. Yeah, um, he should be like sweeping floors or something, right, like yeah. or being a janitor like right. Hacksaw used to do. <laughs> uh, the tables match between Natalia and Ruby Riot it had some neat stuff in it, but I was a little underwhelmed by that one too. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of housekeeping. There's a lot of setting up tables and yeah. time taken for that. Yeah, and in the end, I was just like, mm, okay, I'm just tired of the Riot Squad losing every time too. Yeah, that 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 needs to stop. Like, I mean, now. I understand. <laughs> I understand that they're they're the bad ones and yeah. that in the end they they lose usually yeah. but not every match yeah the goddamn freebirds used to win at least half of their matches yeah so they don't look, let it happen guys they don't look as intimidating if they don't win a yeah. lot you know yeah they gotta they're gonna have to have a really good violent outing like one that's yeah. almost good enough to close a raw right so just make it happen like reignite them yeah they freaking deserve it goddamn yeah. it Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor was very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Those guys are solid. I was happy for Balor. Sure. Uh, Chairs match between Mysterio and Orton. I I liked it. It was fine. And failed to mention you brought Drew McIntyre. His first televised loss since his return against Dolph Ziggler. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I don't think people should be undefeatable. uh, No. And I was glad to see Dolph get the win. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime Dolph gets the win, I'm pretty cool with that. Right, yeah. And the Raw Women's Title match kind of surprised me. Um, I'm not big on Nia Jax right now. I kind of want her to just not be on TV so much yeah. anymore. Yeah. But I think Ronda Rousey was able to make that match entertaining. Yes. So. Yes. It's still her unpredictability, and she still doesn't even have a full year in. Yeah. She's still fun to watch for yep. that reason. Yep. So. And then we've talked about the rest of the competitions sure. yeah. on the card. So. All right. So, free TV match of the month, Chris. I think it's pretty easy. Cage match? cage match, yeah. yeah. Go watch it. It's, it's awesome. It's yeah. so good. Yep. We'll have to start calling this the Johnny Alistair Award uh, after right. a while. <laughs> and, of course, Supercard Match of the Month. Once again, another it's, no-brainer. It was the only one. So. Yes. It's a TLC match. It's a good month it's for Smackdown. violence. Yeah. You know, in December of the holidays, we tend to, like, you know, there's a lot of physical shopping out there, and there's right. a lot of pent-up anger and energy and sure. everything. We want to get to the happy place, but before you get to the happy place, you got to throw down some violence. <laughs> right. I think it's a good month for those two things to happen. Yeah, so. absolutely. Very justifiable. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, you've been listening to The Wrestling House Show, and uh, man, uh, Happy New Year, by the way, Chris. Yeah, Happy New Year, Joey. Yeah. I'll see you on the award show. I'm going to go rent a tux. But before that, uh, tell them the audience how they can uh, enjoy all of our archives of shows. Go to cnjradio.com for the home of the CNJ Radio Network with all sorts of shows. And again, more stuff coming soon and more stuff already uploaded on there. If you like rock music, go check it out because there's a lot of stuff on there now. Yeah, it's and, like Uncle Mo's family yeah, feedback. There's right. a lot of crazy crap on the wall right <laughs> There's now. a lot of stuff. Hopefully it's a little bit easier to navigate and get to the shows you want to listen to on the, the main page, cnjradio.com. Great job with the site, Chris. Thanks. cnjradio.com. I try.
You do great. CJRadio.com, and of course, go to all the Facebooks and the Twitters and whatnot to interact with us, because I do tweet when I can and when I remember and when I'm home and watching stuff live. At House Show. At House Show, and Facebooks to interact, and always stay up to date on what we're doing and what's on our minds. All right, Chris, we'll see you on the... We're not done with 2018 ah. yet, so we'll see you next week on the uh, year-end awards. Yeah, we will. I'll see you then. Bye. I've been breaking my heart for the past 10 years, and it looks good, and it feels good, too. I've been breaking my heart for the past 10 years, and it looks good, and it feels good. Don't worry, the worst is there to comfort you. Last night's Monday Night Raw was, without a doubt, the worst episode ever. Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Hey, I know it wasn't great, but what right do you have to complain? As a loyal viewer, I feel they owe me. What? They're giving you thousands of hours of entertainment for free. What could they possibly owe you? I mean, if anything, you owe them. Worst episode ever. Don't worry, the worst is there to come.